I'm Leon Miller, and this is, well, she can introduce herself. She's Joy, so I keep my Joy close to me. <laughs> it's been 49, 49 years now. We just celebrated in June 8th. Yeah, yeah just this past week. Um, yeah, so we, in our 49 years, we have four children, now all adult. Each of our four children have three. So that gives us a lot of grandchildren, 12. And they range in age from three and a half to 22. So we are very, very blessed. And it's especially the two youngest that we are able now to watch them growing up. We, we've spent in our lives, we've spent about 25 years living in Haiti. Um, seven and a half years we were with our children. And then when our oldest was like 15, then we came back, um, to the U.S. so he could go to high school and, and our other kids got big, and they needed to go to high school, too. So, anyway, Haiti has been a big part of our lives, and we love to talk about Haiti. And, um, yeah, we want to share with you some of the things that that um, Water for Life has been doing. Thanks. Yeah, and Joyce, she's going to, I'm going to share some, and then she'll talk about our school and, and uh, mobile clinic. But... It's kind of unique. It's kind of way God has ways of putting us together. Because I met John at the conference, and he come and looked at our booth and then seen what what yeah what we're doing in Haiti. He's seen them pump parts and that. And he was amazed at that, and I and he seemed interested. And so then he then I said, well, man, if you want to if you ever want us to speak in your church or something, we'll come. We love to talk about Haiti because we lived there so long, and it's just part of yeah what we love to talk about. Anyway, thanks, John. That was uh, we're so thankful to be here this morning and and be able to, to share with you this morning. But first of all, I just you know Haiti. It's just like there's you all hear. I don't know if you hear much about it, but it's a lot of trouble there. A lot of gangs and a lot of violence, and and the gangs are taking over and doing a lot of kidnapping. And and most a lot of that is right in Port-au-Prince. And later on, I'll show you the map so you can kind of see how it lays out. But it's just trouble, and I hate to talk about, you know, we don't like to talk about trouble and about Haiti when it's all the trouble it is, but, but so, but this morning I just, I just had to think about, you know, in this life, I wanted to read here in, in, uh, in, uh, John 16, John 16 verse, uh, oh, right here, well, Jesus said it at verse 33, at the end it says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So that's what I want to encourage us all this morning. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be all this because of the broken world. But Jesus is bigger. God is bigger than that. And he, he is our source. He is, he is, yeah, our, our power that we can rise above that and, and live, live this life that he wants us to do. So we don't want to, we don't want to really dwell on that kind of stuff, but it's real. It's this real trouble like that too. But you know that verse that talks about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we need to remember that. That at the end we are we are we are we're winners. You know, we always want to be a winner, but we are definitely the winners at the end. And and you know, but sometimes there's suffering that's gonna happen. And you know, like on James in James one, I think it is James one four, maybe some of you have it. Memorize. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, 
whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So these are the promises that we have. Even when our suffering, like the, the people in Haiti are suffering, and we're, you know, many people are suffering here in the U.S. too. But well, I want to encourage us this morning that to remember that it's more than, than our suffering because Jesus is, a, is more powerful than that. And I have another verse in, uh, I've had it marked here. My, oh my. Well, maybe I have to. It, actually, it's in Lamentations, which we don't look at too much. In Lamentations, I've got to read it to you. Three, chapter 3, verse 21. Yet this I call to mind, and everything I have hope, because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassion, for His compassion never fails, for they are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. So that's why we want to remember, great is His faithfulness, His mercy is love on us. And that's what helps us and keeps us and reminds us as we, as we work in Haiti, you know, living there with them people for so many years, yeah, you get to love them and you get to, there's a lot of frustrations too because it's such a different culture and that to learn to live with them and to learn how to, to uh, yeah, to work with them and see their needs, but to see how they need to be able to, uh, yeah, teach them how to be able to help themselves as much, you know, rather than just giving them so many things. Well, let me start here, because Water for Life, I, it's too long a story, but I have a book back there with my dad. Dad wrote, and it tells a little bit how Water for Life got started. And it's been about how many years now? 30, 35 years or so. That it's going. And so it's been quite a journey. And so there, here is that, yeah, here is the, can you see with five standing in there? Anyway, um, so yeah, here's Port-au-Prince, right in there. You fly into there, and this is the area where we're working. We're drilling wells in this area. We don't... We haven't gone up into that area. There's a need up in there too, but we are not even done here because there's thousands and thousands of people. And we have over 2,000 some wells drilled, but they're still, we have near covered, covered this all yet because there's just so many people. So this is where we are working right here in Lakai's now. And we started over here and now we moved over here. But, so what we do now with all the trouble in Port-au-Prince and the violence, we used to just drive. It'd take about five hours to drive out here. But now we fly and then we fly from here out to here. We fly out to there with a little smaller plane so you can avoid that, the trouble and the violence because otherwise it's you know, dangerous to go. So that's how we do now. We go from here and fly out to there and then we're... But out in this area, out in here... It's, they don't have the gangs out there like we like to do in Port-au-Prince, and so it's a lot safer. But the trouble we have is getting getting the supplies out, you know, from Port-au-Prince out here. The truckers have trouble coming out, and then they they charge an enormous part price, you know, for food and for bringing stuff out to us and whatever else. 
to the people, not just to us, but anything you buy out there. So, so that that part is is uh, just why this, they jacked the price up. I think it happened a little bit like that here in COVID when you, COVID hit or whatever. Man, everything changed the prices. Well, the prices are still high down there, and so. That's where we are. This is some life, just pictures of life in Haiti. And, you know, it's a lot of carrying water. The children, the first thing you got to do is get up in the morning. You got to go get your water. And, and so they go out with their, and then the way, so the children are carrying water. They learn when they're little already how to balance that, them little jugs on their head. So these are very typical. And, you know, when I put something on my head like that, I'd get home as fast as I could. I wouldn't stand around talking and messing around, but... They they like to visit. So we got so there's so many pictures you could have taken, but it's hard to catch them. Sometimes I see one lady with holding the baby, and the other like a that and a bucket of water on her head. I mean, it's amazing. So this is I'm going to tell you a little bit of how uh, how it goes about when a village needs water. You know, there's so many villages they need water, but we ask them to to write a letter to requesting to come because we don't just go drill anywhere, and so. When we, uh, we've got so many letters and requests to go to villages that need water. And so what we do is we, when we, we have a request, we send out our, what, whoop, yeah, representative. And then he goes out to see, do you really need water? And so these are some of the pictures, a couple of pictures that we, he's taken where they get water and where there's a need. They're, you know, it's so bad and they get sick from drinking that kind of stuff. And it's mostly, yeah, when the children have to go figure out how to, where to find it. This is just another water's coming out of there and they're getting that water out of there. And so then this man here is our representative. He's, he's the one talking to the village people when he gets there and they decide where, where, where we should drill. Because if you drill on somebody's land, you have to be sure that that guy doesn't say, oh, that's my well. Then after you're all done drilling, he claims that. So this 20 foot square area of land, he has to sign a paper saying that this is going to be this is for the people. And he gives it over. He don't charge nobody, no money moved. So that this is a place when this man is here. He loves the Lord, and when he's when he's there, that's our oper- one of our biggest opportunities to share the gospel with them, so that we tell them why, who we are, and what we're doing, and and tell them about Jesus and the reasons that there's people in America and other places that give money to so you can have water, and it's because of Jesus' love that you you we come, and and they see the government and them aren't doing them, they aren't helping them, but so this is a wonderful time. When a lot of times you'll have a big crowd, this and this and this big sometimes, but anyway, that you can tell them about his love. And so then this man, he takes it and this other guy, the, the, the officials in the village, they have to sign it and the police sign it. And so you get it, make it official so nobody can come back later and claim that the owner can't claim that land. And so, so this is kind of when we ask the village people, we ask them, well, kind of changes but it's somewhere around 125 dollars us for them to to do they have to cement around uh, the platform around the well and get the blocks and the sand and pay the guy to do it and feed our well driller and take care of them when they come out if they have to stay overnight they have to stay have find a place for them to stay and normally we feel like about five thousand dollars to drill a well that's what it takes 
But some wells, you know, are maybe 80 feet deep or 90, and some are 300. So it's always varying. So if we have around 5,000, we could have drill a well in a village that would give, you know, water for, we figure, around 300 to 400 people that come to that well that will use that thing, not just one family. I mean, it's a lot of people. And that's why when they pump, there's so many different people pumping. So this is... See that con, this concrete here? They, uh, they. Uh, this is what they. We get this guy to build them, built this concrete, and so that's kind of a complete one. And then all the people come, come there to to get their water. So sometimes this is a plaque that we put in down by the well, you know, right in the concrete. And it says, it's in there written in their name, in their language, it says a gift given in Jesus' name. And then you can put right in here, you can put like somebody's name, a church, church's name, or you can put sometimes family, do it like somebody died, their family member, and then they want to drill a well in memory of their family. And so they put that person's name in there. And it's really cool sometimes the family comes down later to that well and they have a little family service in memory of their, the child or whoever died or whatever. That's how it happens sometimes. So it's very special. And to think that the person that, you know, when you give them water, that water can continue to bless many people. And so that is, uh, we can do that, put that by the well. This is just a picture of a little child. You know, the well is kind of deep, so they have to bounce almost on it to get it to go. She's not very heavy. And so she's, she's bouncing on That's an older well there. So some of that, yeah, that well there, it's been the well that we started. The very first well we went into that first village and, and drilled, that well is still going like 35, what is it, 40 years ago. Still giving water, giving water. But the pumps busted a lot. So what I'm saying is you invest $5,000 in a well, that thing is going to keep giving water for years where you buy a car or you buy something, it's shot within many years. Anyway, this, this is what... Uh, and so then we see, yeah, about 350. We, well, that's kind of an estimate. Sometimes it's more, sometimes less. And so, and with all the livestock, and then we're the kind of the depths we've gone is from 80 to... Oh, man. Here we go back up again. 80 to... Uh, 820 is the deepest we've gone. It was way up in a mountain where we had to go way down. And it was for some people that, yeah, there was some people in that village that had some money, like they were into American comeback. And then they, so we had to put electric pump down in there and they helped pay for that. And we put a, put a, a supply tank up and everything because it was run by solars, no electricity. Anyway, yeah, so there's, the working, the, the wells that we have out in these villages, and that's kind of what, what the wells are. We don't drill for private people. You know, it's a lot of people just want one for their house. They got a lot of money. They want a well at their house, but we just drill for the people. Uh, this is just another picture of, of children. They love, they're very thankful. Children and women are the ones that carry all the water, so they're the ones that are very thankful for a well when it comes in a village. And so he puts a lot of them by schools. And so then they can, when the kids can go home and then here's one of them plaques that is in the concrete there. 
And that's the thing, when you get water for, my goodness, you're the king, you're, they're so happy for you. They give you hugs and kisses and everything else or whatever. I mean, it's really cool because they're so happy when, you, when they found water in their village. And so it's just another picture. So this is some of our equipment to get down through that rock. It's not, you can't just use a little handheld thing to get through this because this is, it's a volcano island. I mean, there's hard rock. It's really, really hard some places. Some places you have sand and dirt, but you gotta go down, down and get it. Go down after it. Sometimes, you know, it's only 125 feet below them, 150, and they're walking like miles that way and it's right here can't get it out of the ground unless you got equipment. So this is one of our well rigs, our Haitian, our Haitian team. Usually there's three guys that go out on one rig and, and drill. And here's these drilling there. And here's, a, here's the other one we have. This is my nephew who runs the one of them. And so... These are all, these are, and this is the third rig we have. These are all air drilled with, you know, with some power to get down through that rock. Because we, that's why we were well drillers in Iowa. My dad taught me how to drill and that's what we drilled. So we, we understand drilling and, and rigs and wells. So this is, oh, you can't really see it, but that's water coming out of, we blow, you blow air down when you're done drilling. You blow air down in there and then the water comes roaring out. And that's water coming, gushing out here of the well. And then you blow it and clean it up. Okay, now here's the solar. This is right here. We drill the well. Right there's the well. And then we piped it up into this supply tank. And then there's the solar panels on top. And so then, then when you, uh, then down below, then the water... They come and get the water. They come with their buckets and they can get the water there. That's how we, this was that. I think that well was 700 feet deep, that one there. And otherwise, the village, the people up there, they didn't have the access to good water. And so then when they, when you get out, you know, you drill these wells, it's not always just over because you got to go down and fix them after two years. When they're even they're brand new, they're going to be busted. The pump's going to be broken. So this is our one of our rigs, that little trucks that we go out to fix the pumps. This is the other team. There's two teams out working fixing them. And so here is here is that uh, the cylinder. They're putting it down into the well there, and the pipe and everything there, and doing an installation. So that's one of the crews that are out there. And this is another crew that is repairing them and so it, it takes um yeah and the roads are horrendous to get there you got to have a four-wheel drive and and you know if it rained and it's muddy and wash the roads out and the, and the truck goes through there and creaks and twists that thing I, I, I it is amazing where that rigs have to go to so you can't just and we had chevys and ford well mostly Dodges, I guess. I don't know if there's Dodge people in here, but I tell you, we broke so many Dodge frames and everything else. And I told them, I said, give, I don't afford them to give me a truck and I'll test it for you guys. <laughs> I never got very far with that deal. You know, on TV, they show that Ford, the tires are a flopping and they're tougher. And oh my goodness. You bring them to Haiti, I tell you, we could put you to test them. And so, these are just the guys. These, so this team here, all these pumps are the same. They come from India. 
and we get them by the containers full. We got two in customs right now, 150 of them, pumps and supplies. Anyway, so when these when these are they go out there sometimes and that head is all shot and the bearings are bad and they just take them bolts off and whatever is bad there and then we have a rebuilt one and we put them on. They're all painted and everything. We put a new one on and a rebuilt one and take the old back to the shop and then we can fix them up. And so that's what they don't mess around out there trying to fix bearings and everything. So that's what they're doing. And then and then in this village where we started there, there was so much so good land. There was land there just like here. I mean, it's beautiful land, flat land and, and no rain. It just was dry. It's on that kind of a desert. There's cactus. And so here we found water about 125 feet down, thousand gallon a minute. <laughs> so we drilled some 10 inch wells. And put in big turbines, six-inch turbine, and there's a turbine going down into the into the ten-inch well there, and then then they could irrigate because they're, the men are doing nothing because it, there's no rain and they can't. They wanted a farm and they had the uh, so then we had water, and then when you have water coming out of it, that's out of a six-inch pipe that we laid out well. They dug ditches and did ditch irrigation like that, and then they grow corn or you know beans or bananas. These plantain, yeah. Here's they 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 love plantain. They they love bananas too, but plantain and banana look about the same. So then they run pipe. Then we buried about five thousand feet of six inch pipe under the ground there. In, down through their field and put valves up so they could tap into it with an elbow and then they'd go over and farm, you know, take water their little property or their garden. Almost, they don't have big acres. You know, we have little gardens, you know, three, four acres. So it's not even that big, a lot of them. But anyway, it's not a thousand acres <laughs> like we're doing. So it's a lot of manual work. See, there's a little garden here. Now, there's a hanger of banana right there, that guy. That's When I come from Iowa, I didn't even know bananas grew uphill like that or up, they could turn up. That's how they grow. So anyway, that they are, they are so happy that because with water, man, you can, make, you can make things happen. You guys are farmers around here, and I tell you, you need rain like you got some. And water is amazing how they can... So then they, yeah, they, they restart these engines and... Do that irrigating. Okay, Joy, you can. I'll have Joy tell you about the school because this village we started in, when we lived there, they couldn't even read or write. There's two people that could read and write. And then the little children grew up and couldn't read the Bible or nothing. So we started this school. Now you might need a bike here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are we on? Okay. Um, so, yeah, we began to have a vision for education in 1989. We ourselves had moved back there in the country like in 87 or 88. Um, and the, by then already the people were coming. They were asking us. So this wasn't just us coming up with a project. You know, they were asking us, can't you please help us to have a school? Because they recognized the importance of of education even if it did just only go to sixth grade, um, the people who already 
could read the few people. I think that's as far as what they had gone. And so that's how we started. Um, they, um, we started just right in the, in the little church building, but it um, started growing. And after many, many years, uh, we started adding classes to the sixth grade. We started adding seventh grade and then eighth grade and so on like that. So this last uh, school year, um, 621, okay, that's 21, 22. It was approximately that many. And then <laughs> um, this past year, we had an interesting situation where... Um, there was an orphanage up in the mountain behind Port-au-Prince that uh, were, they were in danger. Gangs were moving into that area, and it was like, what are we going to do with our children? What in the world are we going to do? Well, um, one of the board members for that orphanage, um, he actually had worked with Water for Life years and years ago. And so... He got it in his head that he would just bring these kids down, um, down the mountains to the airport, put them on an airplane, and he chartered two flights of these kids out. And so now they are in Pasquatum, and so we have an additional, like, 30 kids or so in our school. So <laughs> that was kind of a stretch for everybody, but, but uh, we're glad that the little kids are safe. Um, we try to have a meal every day for the kids. That's a big deal in a country, um, especially like last fall when, when the fuel was scarce, food costs were high. There were families who, who knew hunger. And so I was very glad when we were able to get started again. Um, this past fall, like October, November, we weren't able to have school. Very few schools operated in Haiti. Then finally we started in the month of December. And so that was a good thing. Um, kids are kids everywhere. This would be in the kindergarten area, evidently. Um, by kindergarten, I'm saying preschool and kindergarten. It's a three-year program, two years of preschool, and then on to kindergarten. And um, these little kids have... Um, yeah, they're just like little kids everywhere. It's really great that they can go to school. You might wonder why in a poor country do we have preschool. But I tell you, in their own homes, they don't have pencil and paper and crayons and things that you think of kids needing to learn to use, develop fine motor skills and that kind of thing. And so it's great that they can come to school until they are... Um, Leaving kindergarten, they are reading um, in Creole, and so that's awesome. And then they're ready to proceed on with um, the rest of their education. Today we go all the way up through um, senior. Kids are graduating. That's just only been in like in the last four years. Um, we have a program uh so for $35 a month or slight reduction, $100 a quarter, a person can support a student at our school. The money does not go to the student. The money helps us to provide food and pay for teachers and that kind of thing. 
Um, so if you're interested, I think we would have some forms or you can contact us later. Another thing that we started doing is mobile clinics. We don't do these real, real often. Um, we started back in 2013. That was the first one, so 10 years ago. Um, when we do them, we generally see about 600 people in the day and a half to two, maybe two days that were there. That's a lot of people. <laughs> um, in fact, though, the last time, I think the last clinic that was done was like more like a thousand people. But if you get that many, by then we've kind of been running out of, of uh, medications and such like. Uh, when we go, this isn't just like somebody who's, who's taking their blood pressures and, and giving them vitamins. Um, we have pediatricians, we have ophthalmologists, we have dentists, like multiple dentists. Many people really badly need to go to see a dentist, but they don't have that opportunity. Um, the first thing that happens when we have a clinic is, like on Thursday afternoon, while some of us are setting up, then there's others who are meeting with the community and and uh, talking about preventive health care, and it's also the time to present um, a presentation about the gospel. So that's a very, very important part of the clinic, just because basically, you know, what they can learn, what they can take away from there, that's going to be worth more than um, having medications for a month in a way. You know what I'm saying? I like that they get medications for a month as far as that goes. Here's one of the ophthalmologists. Um, and this little girl was seen. She was born with a congenital cataract. I think they were in both of her eyes, as I recall. Anyway, um, we paid for her to have cataract surgery. And obviously her mom is overjoyed. Um, this is a huge opportunity for the little girl because in Haiti, too many times if you're born with a birth defect or uh, something that would handicap you, um, you're pretty much sidelined for life. And you're destined to be a beggar unless there's some kind of intervention. And so this was really huge um, for her. Okay, there's one of the dentists. They, um, like I was saying, a lot of people should get to the dentist, and then they put it off, and they put it off, and finally there's an abscess, and then they have to go and get an antibiotic before they can finally pull the tooth. Well, we're trying to make it a little bit easier for them. So we usually um, have a minimum of three dentists on hand. Um, everything that you see in this room we brought. Um, so that would include generators, um, the autoclave, the portable dental chairs, the lights, um, plus, of course, the supplies and the and any other equipment. So <laughs> it's quite an undertaking. Also, we have um, OBGYNs who come along. And so they can do ultrasounds for pregnant ladies and just do a, a general checkup. Um, we also started screening and treating for pre, 
cervical cancer for women. And that's a big deal because in Haiti, if a woman um, gets that kind of cancer, there's no treatment available. And so if it can be screened and then treated by by freezing um, the the lesions, that's a great deal. This is uh, the team. We don't always have the same people. Um, it depends what not doctors and nurses are available. And then we have other support staff, too, to keep the generators running and gas in them and keep the electric cords going from everywhere. We have two generators. And um, then at nighttime, where, where do you house this many people? We usually have 20 to 25 people on the team. And so we go, it might be in a church, it might be at the local Catholic priest, because he often has a, a large house. And we take mats and, and all kinds of things for ourselves um, to use. Plus, we generally provide a generator for that time. And now we'll talk about the Learning Center. All right. Thank you, Steve. Take that. All right. So, yeah, and if anybody is interested in, in, in nurses or want to go to them with us sometimes, want a medical a medical team, you know, go, yeah, contact us because, but right now we can't because of all the trouble. But we try, we were when we had the money flowing and everything, we, and when things were going, what was it, about every every month or how many times we, huh? About every six weeks, we would go to a village and do a mobile clinic like this. And a lot of times we go to the areas where we've already drilled a well, that we go there. But our director, he, uh, he loves the Lord so much and he's a wonderful teacher. And so he, we, we start this learning center. So he, he, yeah, we feel like we gotta, we wanna teach pastors and, and be involved with the community people. So we built this little learning center. It's like a pavilion. And we have, we have a wonderful way of sharing the gospel and teaching and doing all, all that. All different kinds of activities can happen there in sharing the gospel. And that's why we have this. It's pretty new and it's just getting developed too. So we're very thankful for that. This is... Uh, the campus, this is our guest house that we had put up. And so when you come, you can stay there. And down below, oh, no, wrong one. Anyway, down below here uh, is a kitchen and where we eat, the dining room. And so the, during the day, the staff, we have cooked there and then and our workers and stuff can go and she cooks for them too. And they, they eat in there too, but... So, and then we, this is our shop that we have now, and so we can work on our equipment, and we have solar. I can't, you can't see, we put some solar panels back here because there's no electricity, and so we can run our, you know, compressors and welders and stuff with that solar. So that's been a huge, a huge blessing. And this is some of our personnel. This is Eddie, the one that, yeah, he's our, field director and his wife Elsie and these are the people that are are uh, some of them are drillers and office people 
And these are the guys from that other village, Pazbaram, they're the pump team guys. This is my nephew. He married a Haitian lady and they have children and they, they live there. He's there, there all the time. These are some of the cooks, our teachers from our school. It takes about, in the school, I think we got 40, 40 people with the, with the ones cooking and teachers and caretakers and everything. And this is our board. We have nine members. And from Indiana and Virginia and Pennsylvania, Iowa and Ohio. So that's the gang. And Haiti, there we go. Yeah. So that, that's the, the conclusion of presentation. We could talk for a long time because it's so real to our lives. But anyway, if you, uh, you can find us, but if you ever go on our website or go in there, always, you go Water for Life in Haiti because there's Water for Life is a catchy name and so there's other Water for Life that you got to go in and say in Haiti because we don't we don't work in other countries yet but so that this is a this is a yeah and maybe somebody has questions I don't know can't see why it's getting a little late if anybody have questions we I could try to answer them. Or we can talk later too. But yeah, what's that? Oh yeah, there you go. Because yeah, there's this. But the thing is, just keep praying for us. We want to be able to to find more ways to share Jesus or to 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 disciple people because we want them to know Jesus by the way but it's a great opportunity when you bring water to people that you know water is very important and and but salvation is the water of life you know the life Jesus gives them life from he does that but but to have water to be able to to live so thank you so much for your patience and listening and and anybody else have any? No, it's okay. So, I think that's it. And <laughs> thank you. We're gonna do. Some, hey, and thank you so much. This is wonderful worship time. The singing, the songs you picked. I'm gonna go.